Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the from Federal Baseball on the line. Going to you after the Nationals' 8-2 win over the Marlins. They take two of three in Miami. Head home 27-17 for a three-game set with the Mets and four with the Cardinals. Should be a tough home stand, but a good one. Dave Max Scherzer on the mound today. Eight hits, two walks, five earned runs when he faced the Marlins in Miami in April. Three hits, three walks, two earned runs, and six and a third versus the Mets last time out before tonight, or for today, I suppose. Uh, and the Nats one loss in New York. Five scoreless to start on 58 pitches today. Uh, Twelve set down between hits in the first and fifth. Uh, six and two-thirds scoreless before Justin Bohr hit a 3-2 change at the left for a two-run home run. That's all he gave up on the day. Really solid outing by Scherzer. Ends up going eight innings. I'm just pulling up the pitch count here because my lap, uh, iPad is not agreeing with me. But solid outing overall. That changeup kind of got crushed uh, by Bohr for another one out to right. He cleared the uh, facade of the second deck this time after he bounced one off it last night. But Scherzer ends up throwing 103 pitches total, six hits, two walks. Uh, two earned runs, zero walks, eight Ks on the day. A really impressive outing by Scherzer. A nice bounce back from him. Yeah, it was. And short of that one mistake that he threw to Bohr, uh, just a really nice outing. You know, um, Justin Bohr, uh, you know, two days in a row, uh, hits a um, down and in off-speed pitch for a home run. I think maybe the Nets uh, scouting book on him uh, probably isn't the best because uh, he likes it down in there and, uh, really uh, clobbered both of those pitches uh, today's. Um, I, I'm not sure it still has come down yet, but um, the DC native uh, seems to seems to like to swing against the Nats. And um, but but uh, but the larger point is, he sure they're through another great game today. Uh, I'm not sure that 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 Dusty needed to send him out there for the eighth inning, other than just to wash the taste of the seventh inning out of his mouth. But um, just another tremendous outing. He's lowered his ERA to. 380 and kind of, um, you know, all those, uh, the hand wringing or hand wringing and hair pulling that we did the first couple weeks of the season with Ronald Scherzer. I think he's probably figured it out by now. I was watching uh, Gene Carlos Stanton really closely this whole series. He's in the middle of a slump, but kind of expected him to bust out of it at some point. Uh, 26 year old slugger is 0 and 7 with 6 Ks in the series before today. 0 for his last 18 with 15 strikeouts overall going into this, which is just a brutal stretch for him. Ends up getting a, well, he was 0 for 8 with 7 Ks, 0 for 19, 16 Ks before he singled off a Scherzer there. But what did you see from him during this series? Uh, there a lot of talk on the Marlins broadcast about how he was kind of back on his heels, didn't look comfortable at all at the plate. Uh, Bonds and Mattingly were doing a lot of work with him while he was down there, but it doesn't look like the big power threat that we've seen uh, over the last couple seasons and the last three games at least that we've seen and from what his numbers show over the last couple of weeks. No, he he looks he looks tentative. And, and you know, Bryce Harper for the Nats is struggling too when they're not walking him. And uh, with Harper, it's, it's the opposite thing. Harper's kind of pressing and trying to do too much. And I, I think Stanton probably um, isn't isn't doing enough. Uh, he, he seems really tentative. He seems reluctant to um, to try to get into a good hitting count. And um, you know, it's it, it's tough when when you're in a slump and, and you're a guy like Stanton who's had so much success throughout your career, and then all of a sudden um, it seems like you're never going to get a base hit again. But, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting that uh, 
um, you know, the, the Marlins hire a new, new hitting coach and, um, you know, you see a guy like Marzello Zuna who's obviously taking to um, the instruction that he's getting and, and you see a guy like Stanton who's just struggling so much right now. I mean, it's hard to imagine uh, Giancarlo Stanton hitting 211, but uh, here we are, we're almost to Memorial Day and he's still just barely hitting over 200. So yeah, he's too much of a, he's too good a hitter uh, for this to go on all season, um, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's, it's a, it's a change in philosophy or a change in, um, mechanics or, or, or just having him sit for a day or two and clear his head. He'll, he'll get this right at some point. It's just, it's good that, uh, um, that he didn't get right against the Nats and the Nats don't see him again until September. Yeah, that is a weird little scheduling quirk there that they played so many games uh, against the Marlins early here and now don't face them until the last month of the season. So that's going to be kind of odd. I think it's a similar situation with the Braves where they face them a bunch early and don't see them for a while. But uh, Adam Conley on the mound for the Marlins, or I, I like to call him the new Scott Olsen, six scoreless versus the Nats when he faced them in April before they hit two home runs, scored four in the seventh inning against them of that game. Three and two in eight games before tonight. Uh, eight starts. Uh, three four O E R A. Three two three FIP. Nine point one four Ks for nine. Three point four O walks for nine and forty two and a third. Down one nothing early though. Ben Revere single stolen base a ground out and a sack fly bring him around. Two nothing in the third when Revere does the same sort of thing again. We'll get to him in a minute, but just uh, kindly overall RBI double by Rendon makes it three nothing. Six nothing before he leaves for the day. He's a good young lefty. Uh, he seems to have be in the stage of his career where that one bad inning thing, thing sort of catches him. But the Nationals, Ben Revere, just kind of making things happen against him today. Conley ends up going five and a third, seven hits, six earned runs, seven walks. A couple were intentional, so that's not as bad as it seems, but still pretty bad. Two Ks on the day. He threw uh, 106 pitches in five and a third, so that was really up there too. Yeah, you know, he didn't he didn't have a great day and 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 you're right this is a guy that uh, um you know that, that's having some success and is a pretty decent a young pitcher about a decent three or four for um you know for a rotation like the the Marlins. Um you know, the, the Nats really didn't hit him all that hard. Uh, you know, they only had uh you know two extra base hits against him. One of them was Rendon's blue double down the um down the left field line. So they were really kind of nickel and diming him today. Um, and that's and that's Ben Revere's game. You know, you, you mentioned uh, Revere with a nice day, three for five, and a uh, couple of runs, a couple of RBIs. Uh, you know, as we saw with Denard Span um, for the last couple of years, this Nats lineup um, is a lot better when the leadoff hitter is getting on base, and, and that seems like a very elementary thing to say. Um, but for the first six weeks of the season, um, you know, Dusty Baker trotted uh, Michael Taylor out there, and uh, Taylor who uh, just isn't suited as a leadoff hitter. Right? He just he's got very poor on base skills, and um, you know he's kind of an all or nothing guy. And and then when Revere came back off the disabled list, it, it took him a couple weeks to um, to get going again. We're starting to see him now uh, pick up some base hits, make better contact. He's not just rolling over to the second baseman every time. So um, you know if if Revere's healthy and you know he's hitting 300, which is what he does in his lifetime, and getting on base at a 340 clip. Um, you know this offense is going to be uh, um, going to be fun to watch over the summer. Um, the, the last piece of it now, I guess, is uh, um, now that Rendon's hitting a little bit too, is to finally get Ryan Zimmerman really going on a good basis. We hit the long home run the other day, but um, but they're to the collar again today, and 
uh, you know, that's really the last piece of this offense just to uh, to start working. Baker's talked about Revere as his igniter or the lineup's igniter. Uh, single stolen base in the first to generate that first run after the ground out and sack fly. It bumps his way on second time up, a ground out, stolen base. Uh, it scores another run there. Three for four after a two-run single in the sixth. Ends up going three for five on the day. Two runs scored. Uh, Jason Worth, one for five. Anthony Rendon kind of heating up. Uh, two for four today. His first triple in a couple of years. Three RBIs. One walk, too. Uh, any chance you think they flip Rendon back up to that two spot in a little while uh, now that he's starting to get on base a little more and produce a little more and have those two getting on base in front of Bryce Harper? Like, I think that's what they originally planned to have until Rendon struggled and were struggled. They've both done pretty well since uh, Dusty Baker flipped them, but I think ideally you'd probably want Rendon up at the top of the order, Revere, Rendon, Harper, the top three with Murphy after him. Yeah, I think so at some point. Um, I think Dusty Baker seems to be the type of guy that uh, um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I think we'll probably see this lineup configuration for a little while longer anyway. Um, but, uh, but the bottom line is whether he's hitting two or six, um, it's important to have Anthony Rendon hitting, and, and he finally is. He's making uh, making good contact early this season. He was um, he was not making good contact. He was hitting a lot of ground balls and uh, hitting some weak fly balls, and just seemed to not be in a very good hitting position. But uh, he's made a couple of tweaks and um, starting to drive the ball again. Uh, his blue double today, notwithstanding. So it's a good sign for this Nats team that 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 he's swinging well. And 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 honestly. Um, you know, I, I know right now he's hitting behind Zimmerman, but but hitting behind Daniel Murphy and 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 Bryce Harper um, is a good place to hit. You know, those guys are going to be on base a lot. So um, whether he's hitting two or six, uh, as long as he's hitting, that's the important part. Uh, we've kind of beaten up on Danny Espinosa at times over the years. Uh, one for three today, a run scored, a walk, and a K. Uh, but I've just I've said it all along. Defensively, he's just a joy to watch out there. That arm is just something to watch when you're, regardless of what he's doing at the plate, defensively, he's an impressive player out there. It's really been impressive at short so far this season. I really like what I've seen from him over there. But still hitting 206 on the year, do you think they continue to put up with him there? He's playing, I haven't looked at the metrics to see if he's above average defensively there, but he's playing good shortstop so far showing off the arm whenever he gets an opportunity. Do they put up with the bat going forward if, if he's not producing offensively? Or do you think as soon as uh, Trey Turner is free to come up here and they have another year of team control, they're going to bring him up and take over at short and switch uh, Espinosa utility role? Well, I think that's probably the, the game plan that they had all along. Um, look, we've said this a hundred times, and, and we can say it a hundred more. Uh, Trey Turner's got nothing left to learn at AAA. He's just dominating down there. He's getting on base, um, you know, at a 400 clip. He's hitting 330 or whatever it is. Um, and the last part of it is whether they think full-time, long-term, he's going to be able to play shortstop. And um, at this point, there's nothing There's nothing in his resume that shows that he's not going to. Um, Espinosa is a fine defensive shortstop, <clears throat> excuse me, um, but really it just can't hit his way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, this is a guy that occasionally runs into one and he'll hit it out, but other than that, um, just doesn't add anything offensively. Um, you know, as, as a bench piece, as a utility infielder, as a defensive replacement, 
uh, Danny Espinosa can have a very long, fulfilling major league career, but he just doesn't hit enough to play every day. And this last month and a half, and it'll be two months at the end of the month, uh, is is just the final uh, last piece of evidence to prove that he's just not an everyday player with the bat. It's it's unfortunate because he is such a good defensive player, but. Um, but the bottom line is you have to hit better than 206. I mean, the St. Louis Cardinals would have not kept Ozzie Smith in the lineup if he was hitting 206. Head back home to take on the New York Mets after taking two or three from them in City Field this week. A game and a half lead going into the series. The Mets have won three straight. The Nationals get the win uh, two in a row after dropping the series opener to the Marlins. Tomorrow night we've got Gio Gonzalez against Bartolo Colon, who was not sharp at all last time out. There's some off-field stuff going on with him, which I've continued to ignore or at least not mention. But what are you looking at going into this series with the Mets? I think the Mets are going to want a little revenge after the beating they took in the last two games of that series in New York. Well, I think they'll be looking for revenge. I'm not sure they're going to be able to find it, though. I mean, um, you know, look, the, the Mets are, are kind of in a um, kind of in a little funk here. You mentioned Cologne. Um, his last couple of starts hasn't been sharp. Obviously, Matt Harvey is having his troubles, and it, it seems like the only, you know, quote-unquote sure thing the Mets have going on their pitching staff right now is, uh, um, is Syndergaard. I mean, even, um, you know, so it's going to be – you're right, it's going to be a fun series, and it's going to be um, at, at Nats Park this time, and, and I think it's another opportunity for the Nats to say, hey, look, you know, you guys won the division last year, but we're not uh, – we're no slouch, and we're, and we're playing well this year, and we're going to take it to you again. I honestly, uh, you know, expect the Nets to take two out of three from the Mets, um, um, especially since they're they're hitting as well as they have been the last couple of weeks. I mean, you, you go four and six on on this type of road trip to division rivals, and you have to feel pretty good about yourself coming home for a home stand. Gio and Bartolo Colon tomorrow night, Strasburg and Harvey on Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the national starter hasn't been named yet. They have Matt lined up for the Mets from what I saw now. Uh, three games set with them and then four with the Cardinals. Should be a fun week of baseball in the nation's capital. 27-17 and 17 after today's win. They head home tonight. Matt's nightly sponsored by federalbaseball.com. Uh, should be down in D.C. tomorrow afternoon. Going to be there for the whole series. So Matt's nightly will be coming to you live from Nationals Park tomorrow night, and I'll talk to you then, sir. Look forward to it.